Dr. David Palkovitz. It's a study by Dr. Bengston in a book called Families and Faith. He looked at four generations of religious transmission, asking himself a very simple question. If we look at everybody in this room and you want to predict if your great-grandchildren are going to be more or less like you religiously, plus minus one. Like, are your great-grandchildren more or less going to be from Jews living the kind of life that we all live? Is the chain of Mesorah going to continue down? And he looked at a very large sample of people for four generations to see what are the active ingredients in your child and your grandchild and your great-grandchild moving ahead with internalization of our religious values and our, our way of life and image-making. And it turned out that the most active ingredient wasn't about the content alone, it differs. That differs from people. Some people are drawn to Nach and other people are drawn to learning Gemara. And as it says in the beautiful uh, thoughts of the Chosev Lublin, there are many pathways to religious connection. It says some, some through music and some through art and some through singing. I'm sorry, and some through eating, my personal favorite. Some through fasting. Um, and it goes some through nature, some through learning. And he goes on and on. And he says... It doesn't matter. Whatever is your pathway is your pathway. But you want to know what Bengston found? Ultimately, it was the level of emotional connection between parent and child, between parent and grandchild, between parent and great-great-great-grandparent and great-grandchild. That's what it's all about. That if they maintained a sense of warmth of connection, even in the face of rebellion... That's what was the main, the core predictor. And I'll end with a story. Some of you may have heard, but with this, I'll sit down. Or we'll dive a mincha. Okay? It goes like this. A um, number of years ago, um, when I grew up in this area, it was a much less complicated time. We pretty much, most of my class stayed from. Most of my class stayed from in different levels of religion, but it was a very low dropout rate. I think the dropout rate is, 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 is quite a bit higher nowadays from what I, I could see um, in, in certain segments of the community. By, okay. Um, and, but there were always um, two kids who was well-known in our cohort. Um, they really rebelled. The one married a non-Jew, the other was involved in all kinds of shady, illegal stuff. They just totally um, left our way of life, and everybody kind of lost touch with them. We didn't know what happened to them. We know that they were no longer in the New York area. We didn't know what happened to them. So this story is almost going to sound mystical, but it happens to be true. Of all the stories I told today, this one is true. Okay? They're, they're all true. So here's what happens. I go for Shabbos to be a scholar-in-residence in a shul in um, California, in the Beverly Hills area. And I stayed at one of my old friends from this neighborhood, who uh, had me stay as a guest in his house when I was scholar-in-residence. And I'm sitting uh, next to him in shul Shabbos morning, and in the back, he points to me, you see that guy? And he names one of the two guys. 
And I see he's, um, even though, you know, our kids are already grown up, he's like his kids are playing in the back, in the back of the shul. It's young kids. And he's clearly seems to be part of the shul. I said, what's he doing here? I said, I heard that he totally left. He said, oh, yeah, I heard. He said, I don't know. This guy wasn't at all psychological minded. He was a very well-off guy, a good businessman, but not psychologically minded. He said, I don't know. I said, he's here. I don't know. So I run over to him after Shul, and I say, Shlemy, Shlemy, what, what, what are you doing here? I heard that you were doing all. I, I, I said, I just heard that you were totally not part of our community. What brought you back? So he said, um, you know something? He said, it's true. I was married before. She wasn't Jewish. Uh, he said, I was doing all kinds of things I probably shouldn't have been doing. But he says, I got news for you. He said, my father never gave up on me. He just stayed connected to me all the way through. And he wore me down. He wore me down. And then, now in this marriage, my kid goes to the local, one of the local day schools. Fine. Here's where the story gets, gets mystical. The next day, I was giving a talk in the morning um, in what used to be Fred Astaire's dance studio. That's now the auditorium of one of the day schools in Beverly Hills. And I'm on the BIMA. The other speaker was Wendy Mogul, well-known parenting expert, the author of The Blessing of a Skin Knee. So she was the, I guess, the main attraction. I was also speaking. And I was giving the, the second of the talks. And I'm up on this, not very big audience, I'm up on this, um, le- you know, like this, but higher. And I think I'm hallucinating. Because I see in the back of that room, somebody who, even though I hadn't seen him since eighth grade, somebody who I could swear is the second guy. And I think, well, maybe I'm primed to see him. Maybe I'm literally seeing things, but I'm not going to let the opportunity le- leave so the second I finish my talk, I jump off the steps, I go running down to the back, and I say, Chaim, Chaim, is that you? I figured I'd take a chance. You know, I was from out of town. It didn't matter. And he looks back. He said, I can't believe you recognize me. And I tell him, I, I heard that, um, you know, you were involved, whatever. I heard also you were totally not part of our community. What are you doing here? He says, I have, um, I have kids in the school. So um, I came here. It was the parenting program the school sponsored. I said, what happened? And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, my mother never stopped holding my hand. My mother never stopped holding my hand. And I think that's a metaphor for what this is all about in terms of we're looking for the key to mensch-making, the key to ultimately the antidote to some of the stuff that our kids are exposed to some of the challenges that we have in a world that's gone black and white is we could model for our children living in the gray. We could model for our children respect for the perspective of others. But perhaps most importantly, antidote number one is embracing them with all their mistakes and let's never stop holding their hand. Thank you, everybody. This is Avi Fischoff from Twisted Bounty. To be added to my broadcast, please send a WhatsApp request to 718-902-6666.